Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostess, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. Alrighty, we're back. I just recorded one podcast. Now I'm segueing right into another one. I'm still, I don't know when you're listening to this, but I'm still sitting in LA. I just cozied up in bed with the next podcast guest. And when I say cozied up in bed, I'm not even kidding. We literally got under the covers and we are starting this podcast. Um, Please welcome Miss Choosing Chelsea to the podcast. Hello, my little papayas. Little papayas. Oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> it's You're part of my insider squad, so you know. Everyone calls themselves papayas, and they always call me Mama Papaya, and I'm like, oh. I, I, like, I like this. I know, you're like my Mama Sarah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you're that much older than me. It's fine. I end up being everybody's mom. Every, like, even today, we're at the beach, and I'm like looking around. I'm like, did everybody get all their things? Did you forget anything? Do you have your sunglasses? Like, do you have your shoes? Don't get hit like, by that wave. Don't get by that. I'm just like, is that slippy? Don't hurt yourself. Like, oh, and you just like the mom thing doesn't really ever go away. You just like channel it in different ways. Oh, it's yeah. like all I've ever known. So anyways, welcome to the show. We actually only knew each other from the gram. And then uh, we just met up to, when I knew I was coming down to California, we ended up connecting and you actually drove down from like hours away to come and hang out today. I so appreciate you for that. That was like really, really kind of you, but I'm excited because now I get the cool opportunity to let people get to know who you are because I feel like for me, it feels like everybody knows who you are, but it can be... Um, there's a lot of people who probably don't. And I'm excited for them to kind of get to know you and see what amazing content you put out that has truly been honestly really helpful for me over the years. It's been um, such a joy to watch you over the last couple of years, but I truly don't know your origin story. Cause I think for myself, I came to find you um, when I was going through transitioning into like self-acceptance and body love. And I was just clinging to those accounts that were kind of showcasing that for me, but I don't even know how you even got into that space at all. So take a second, or like 10 minutes, however long you or need. Like, and you know. tell us, tell us your like story. Okay, let's do it. Let's do okay. it. I mean, I could do like the short little elevator pitch thing, but we can't really go much. I don't we, get that yeah. term. What's elevator pitch? You know, I hear it, but I don't think I do it right. Okay, I'm so. like that too. I like to say things I don't understand all the time. I know it's a thing. 
It must be. It's an elevator pitch. Oh, maybe it's because you're riding in an elevator with somebody and you have like only that amount of time to like pitch yourself. And you're trying to like elevate yourself. No, I feel like it's literally (laughs) good. Maybe that's the origin story we should figure out. I feel like it's because you're just in an elevator and you're just like, I need to. I need to pitch to this person. While I only have until floor 13. No, that doesn't even exist. Floor 12 before I, they get out of the elevator. Maybe that's it. That or, be- or maybe it's what you said and it's all about elevators. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll have to Google that We're one. We're professional motivators, people. You have no idea. Take that elevator. Pitch them. Pitch them. Elevator pitch. So yeah, give us a long form. Give us a really long elevator. Okay, I'm going to give you a long elevator pitch here. Okay, so my name is Chelsea. You might know me from Choosing Chelsea on Instagram and... If you look at my page now, it's very self-love, like overall wellness and body confidence, body acceptance, all that kind of good stuff. But I was not always like that. I was not always full of self-love. I actually was like a very sad adolescent being. I grew up, I never had a great relationship with either of my parents. I was always overweight. I was always heavy. And so that was such a struggle for me, like Ever since I was a little girl, my worth and my value was tied to my weight. And since I was never at what I thought was an acceptable weight, I just like never thought I was worthy. And I literally just like hated myself. So this manifested in many ways. I was 12 and I was suicidal. I self-harmed and I kind of got out of that. But then I... I turned to other like I was doing drugs in high school and just kind of like one thing after another to escape escape Mm -hmm. my reality and Mm -hmm. I kind of always took myself out of those situations and somehow like fixed it on my own but then I ended up meeting my now husband when I was 16 I was done with all the drugs and I was like in a pretty good place then but then (laughs) I shortly got pregnant when I was 17 Surprise. surprise you know not quite expected. Didn't really know what I was going to do for a hot minute. Didn't end up telling my mom I was pregnant until I was seven months pregnant. What? Yeah. How did she find out? Well, I told her. Oh, I was going to say, like, <laughs> how are you not showing? I don't know. I But, like, I was still heavy. And I don't know if okay. that just, like, masked it. I wore, okay. like, flowy clothes. I also wasn't really living there anymore. So right. I wasn't around as much. But I just didn't tell, like, anyone because it's at 17 so much judgment oh yeah oh yeah like yeah yeah I'm not even gonna yeah there's a lot and it and it's sad because there's it's in that time where people truly need help and assistance mm-hmm. and support that people are just like I'm just gonna shake a shame stick at you instead and talk about your personal life and so I can't even imagine that's that's like such a story in yeah. and of itself we'll loop back to we'll, that. we'll get back to that but Um, That is a big piece of what shaped me. I ended up having my daughter. I graduated high school early. Um, And through all of this, like, I still, like, my weight was always such a struggle. And after I had my daughter, I, like, kept eating as if I was pregnant. So I was was getting up and up and up and up there. And I, like, I just want to say that I wasn't, like, a healthy overweight. I just, like, full-on fast food addict. Uh Uh-huh. Fast food addict. It was bad. 
It's an important thing to note that too, because a lot of times when people will challenge me that I didn't love myself at a bigger size and I probably wouldn't have loved myself at a bigger size. I'm like, honestly, if I end up a bigger size again, at least I know this time I'm doing it with like good intentions for my body and like doing it with like loving. If I gained weight and living a healthy lifestyle, like so be it. I don't really care. But like, yeah, there is something to be said when you aren't treating your body well in a greater scheme of things where you just like, yeah, I literally, my lunches used to be Pringles cans. Yeah. I've no. said it before, but like I used to. Or bags of hot Cheetos. Like that yeah. was my jam. Or I would literally make food for the family and I eat the portion that I knew was enough to be full. And then I would go and in, when I was like packing up the leftovers, I would just eat them. Dang. I was so full mm-hmm. and I, yet I continued to eat just because it just felt good too. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like that you kind of made note of that. You're like, you weren't, you weren't a healthy overweight. You were literally on a fast food oh, yeah. drive through chain. Oh yeah. Like I would sneak eat McDonald's in my car. <gasps> yeah. Oh. It was sad. Like I look oh. back and I'm like, that's sad. But, uh, then I was like at my heaviest weight ever. And my dad actually ended up passing away. He was maybe 53. He had a heart attack. Oh. He was also an alcoholic. So, okay. So I kind of knew it was coming. He was always yeah. a functioning alcoholic, but mm-hmm. it like, he wasn't in good health. But and that's I, still such a shock. Yeah, that it was changes really you. Yeah. And still, I think that's like low-key a repressed like emotion of mm. mine. I don't think I ever dealt with that. I kind of put it in a closet. We'll come back to that later. At some point, maybe I need to go to therapy for that. We'll see. But my husband was actually super affected with by it. And he was like, your health is important. And I'm worried about your health. And I want you to get healthy. Because mm. I was literally like... I would not move. I would just sit around the house and just eat fast food. So Mm. like I would never work out ever. And so I was like, okay, fine. Like I'll go on walks. And then I hated it. Like I hated going on walks. And I live in Cardio is cardio. It's gorgeous. Like this bike path. Like I look at, I go on walks now and I'm like, oh, I'm like hashtag blessed to live in this area. But at the moment I was like, I would rather be anywhere else. And so I was like, okay, well, I needed just something else that I enjoy to work out. And I started doing Zumba classes. And I was like, okay, this is actually fun. And then that's like a lot of cardio. So I started doing a lot of cardio. I was doing two to three classes a day, like five days a week. Yeah. And then I was kind of like mixing up. I got really addicted to it and I got super addicted to cardio and then I started to lose weight. And then I became like, oh, I could like lose more weight and I could look better. Keep in mind, like, my husband urged me to do this for my health, but I got addicted to, like, the actual, like, looking better. Mm. (laughs) And so that was just kind of, like, an ongoing thing. I ended up getting into weights and, like, bodybuilding and all sorts of stuff. I started to track macros, track my calories. I got, like, really obsessive with it, and I got super lean for me. And... I got into nursing school and I just like couldn't hang with it anymore. I like couldn't keep up with all my workouts. I couldn't keep up with all my food. Honestly, it's a full-time job. Like that, what you're talking about is a full-time job. I can't even like, sometimes I'm like, I need to get my 20 minutes in a day and I know it's there because I watch a lot of friends, but you know, it's there, but still three classes a day. Yeah. And not to mention, like just to bring it back to this, Zumba's hard. I'm the worst dancer in the history of Zumba. And that is like a hard class. So you were like, Re- like honestly you're just burning you're I know it's just burning. burning and at this point like when I started nursing school I, had, I hadn't been doing Zumba for a while I was doing like the weightlifting yeah. and the cardio and that whole stuff but 
still I couldn't keep up with it I couldn't keep tracking all my food I couldn't keep prepping all my meals like to the gram exactly Mm -hmm. and so I got to this point where I had gained a lot of weight because I wasn't like taking care of myself exactly and nursing school in case you didn't know is extremely stressful like so stressful I've heard that I mean I, I can't imagine that it wouldn't be you're, you, it's like life or death stuff here it's, so, it's, it's a lot of information nurses have a lot that they do and a lot that they deal with and I think people forget how multifaceted their their job is and their knowledge is it's it's insane so kudos to the nursing community I don't know how you do it it's rough it's rough I don't even have my kids like scrape their knee and I'm like I I don't even I don't even know what to do and you have to know like all of the things I'll be at work sometimes and I just get so burnt out from work that my daughter will like cut her finger and something I'm like I don't have the mental capacity for this but then you know I figure it out but still it I, I feel it's that. a lot it's a lot that. but then yeah I just I got to this mental breaking point where I I just always felt like I wasn't doing good enough I wasn't mm. doing good enough at school I wasn't doing good enough at the gym like I just felt like a failure like I wasn't doing a good uh, being a good enough mom like I wasn't doing good in anything I was doing and I just felt like my life was a disaster and I just sucked and I was worthless and just like a piece of shit I could cuss yeah yeah oh, pff, oh yeah okay, okay I we've we've crossed that bridge okay, many a time so um so I I had a mental breakdown where I just broke down I was super depressed and it's like my I had a friend tell me she was like you know you're kind of really negative and you're kind of bringing everyone down mm. and I had never really thought of it that way like I thought I was just kind of being mean to myself I didn't realize that it was affecting other people mm. and hello hi I'm a people pleaser so um realizing that my attitude was affecting those around me was like a real reality check I was like, okay, this is now a problem. So I need to do Mm -hmm. something to fix this. Mm -hmm. And so I just started to think like, okay, I need to be nicer to myself, but I don't know how to do that. I can't literally look in the mirror and give myself positive affirmations. That's just not going to happen. So I just started to just try to get rid of the negative thoughts. So Mm -hmm. I I would just say like, okay, I could have the negative thought, but I'm just going to like let it go. I'm not going to say bad things about myself to other people. I'm not going to be negative to myself. And then I'll just go from there. And then that actually made such a difference, such a difference, because then like all of a sudden there's just all this room for positive thoughts and to be happier. And I was like, what's happening? And this whole time I had kind of been sharing my weight loss journey and fitness journey on Instagram. And I had gained a following through there doing that. And Mm -hmm. so then my message really started to shift more. I actually like before this really happened, I was kind of like, faking it till you make it in a sense like I was posting these kind of things like be kind to your body like kind of like appreciate your body as it is like even before I really believed it oh girl to just put it I, out there mm, yeah, yeah I you know I know it is because you want to be positive about mm-hmm. it you want to believe the things I think all the way back into when I was like even in my weight loss season even you probably similarly felt the same where you're projecting how happy it's all making you even if it's like it's a surface happiness and that you know you're not dealing with root issues like you know you're avoiding you know that as long as you look a certain way it's showing that you've got stuff together and it's showing like you have like a success point when like internally you might have so much unrest yeah no I was literally looking at some of the pictures in my phone of when I was much smaller and I just I was literally looking at them and I was like how did I feel in that moment like how did I actually feel because I'll see it on my Instagram and 
like it'll be a happy caption. I'm like, but how was I really feeling? And I, I don't really know, but I, I don't think I was very happy. Which is a good thing to note because a lot of times, especially in the postpartum community, people will be like, I just want to get back to this. Like if I just got back to that body, I'd feel so much better. I'm just like trying to lose that like 10 pounds that came on. I just want to get back to like being that size or whatever. And it's been such an important question to me to ask myself as I go on because I still have those thoughts like if I could just like lose 15 pounds or like just be back to like a size six like I would be happy and I have to ask myself over and over and over were you happy then like were you happy then and almost every single time when you ask that question of somebody who was once a smaller size and is now bigger were you happy then? And they're like, well, well, no, like I found other things to hate about my body then too. And, Mm -hmm. but it's such like that. I don't know what it is about our past or it's like that feeling of what we've been told is happiness is in so much of our appearance. So when you're looking at a photo, like you said, you're looking at a photo, you don't actually fully remember, you know what you wrote and you know, it sounded positive, but how did you actually feel? Some of my photos, when I look back on them, I have this one where I remember it was like a photo shoot in the water and it was like extremely, it was extremely beautiful and I'm extremely thin in it. And I remember just recently looking at it and all I could remember was how self-conscious I was that day and how unmotivated and unconfident it was. I was so like, I felt like I had to be fierce and I felt like I had to be like so perfect and like they're not smiling in anything because I think that I have to be like this stoic human. Yeah. But like I forgot how hard that was. So for me to even like have those thoughts now of, oh, it would be nice to be back to like a size, whatever. No, like probably not. I probably still be dealing with same stuff. So I don't know. I just want to kind of like say that because I think it's really important that you note that, um, yeah, like the outside isn't necessarily projecting what's going on. Right. No, I, I have like progress pictures, like those mirror pics in my phone, and I, I literally have tears coming down my face in some of them because oh. I'm so unhappy because I gained like five pounds and I felt like a failure. And I was like, my body's disgusting. I like horrible. Like, look what I did. I, I messed up and like, look where I'm at. And I, and I'm like, oh my God, like I looked great. Like looking back now and it's just, yeah, it's so sad. And it's so sad. So now you've, you came out of this like fitness community and now you're in nursing school. You've gained a little bit of weight. You're now stepping into body neutrality, which is like, just like stopping negative thinking. Mm -hmm. How did you start transcending that into like your storytelling and what, how you showed up online? Did you ever expect to be who you are now? So it's weird because I, I started to storytell like when I was kind of sharing my like fitness stuff Mm -hmm. and my weight loss stuff. And what's interesting is because I shared it like during my whole journey process to kind of inspire people and to be inspired myself and you kind of do find a community there so I'm not like hating on that no but not at all you but then it really did it, it was almost like I started to post differently and I stopped posting progress pictures and then you kind of hear this like silence in a sense because people aren't used to you not show you know they don't transformation pictures perform amazing and people love to see it and Mm -hmm. so transitioning and like you know it's hard because people that aren't there yet have a hard time hearing it Mm -hmm. and when someone's really into losing weight and they're in that place they don't want to hear people talk about how you don't need to lose weight right and so I think transitioning it was just kind of I wanted to put out the messages that I would have wanted to see And Mm -hmm. especially when I was younger, like I would have loved to hear people like with my body 
or your body or so many like diverse bodies out there talking about these things mm-hmm. and sharing their struggles and just being more open and so I just try to do that and I try to just put out like if if it helps one person like if one person t- can connect with it I just kind of like post it it's it's really therapeutic to me yeah it it's so fascinating a lot of the, your story is so in line with mine and it's like that same kind of feeling like it's almost therapeutic like you know you can't continue down the path of putting out things just because they're high performing. Yeah, I know it. I used to post like a transformation photo every Tuesday, like God bless the transformation Tuesday. Cause it was like my only like excuse to like put up another transformation mm-hmm. photo. So I could have another day of like high performing stuff and stepping away from that and being like, I have these high performing posts, but like this internal, like I said, unrest. So coming up and showing authentically up as yourself and sharing your story, even if one person connects, like that actually does make a difference. It does. But it's it's been important for me to connect. Like it's been important yeah. for me to show up as my authentic self. And I think that's why I maybe connected so much with you because I could tell and you're I didn't follow you back in your fitness days. So I I could tell not that you're not fitness now. You still do fitness stuff, but I could tell that, you know, there was an authenticity to you. And one of the things that I found, I actually bonded with you. I told you this earlier, but it's been weirdly struggling for it's been a weird struggle for me being even in like the body positive community or the body confident community the self-love community whatever you want to call it and there's these bodies like Ashley Graham and like Isakara and all these incredible women who have done so much good work and I am not shaming their bodies even in the slightest I literally idolize them but they have curves and I feel like I I don't I don't have the big boobs to go with my big hips. I don't have the same shape. So I felt like really alone and having a small chest, but a bigger, like coming into a bigger body again. And I was like, it it didn't really feel great. So when I, when I first found you, a lot of the content you would post like little bralettes and like workout stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, like she has a small chest like me, but she's still like somebody in this space who still rocks like her curves, even when her curves are just smaller curves. And I don't know if you've experienced that at all, but it has been like, that has been a weird curve for me because I feel like I went from, you know, the fitness industry where there's like a lot of comparison, but it's all about your size and it's all about your weight or your performance. And then you come into like this body acceptance space. And even then I was still feeling this competitive, like this competitive fear, not competitive, comparative feeling of, yeah, but like, I don't really have the curves in the right places. I just wish I could choose where it was that my curves were and where they lied. So for you, if for me with you, you were one of the first bodies that made me feel, I really actually kind of identify with this in a relatable way where I was like, I actually, she looks so strong and sexy and beautiful and like, doesn't have like a D cup boob. You know, I completely relate to that because I felt the exact same because you get into this place where, okay, like we're doing this. Like there's a world now of body confidence or Mm -hmm. body positivity, if you want to call it. But I mean, the bodies that are being mostly represented in this are like, like you said, curves in all those places, like the big butt, the big hips, but they they still have like a pretty slender waist and they have the big boobs. And I'm like, okay, I literally have like no boobs. Like I'm maybe an A cup, like on a good day. And I'm like a straight up and down. Like I'm just, I'm just like a, 
I'm a square shape Girl, of you, a person. you got good curves, but I, but I know, you. I know no, what I you know, mean. You know it. Like it's just one of those things. That it's just like it was a weird kind of curve. But yeah, I really, I really appreciated seeing somebody else on the platform that I was like, oh, okay, you can, you can still be this and still do that. And you know, you've, you've killed it in that space and in such a, in such a relatable way. Um, it's been really magnificent kind of watching you grow from that. But how has it been for you on an internal sense? Like how, what did that transition do for you? Because I'm sure that you saw a little bit of an impact. Like you said, the silence that kind of came from no longer being like the weight loss story or this like body transformation story and stepping into this new zone. But like a lot of people don't realize what it actually can do for your own mental health and stuff. What did it, what did it change for you stepping into that? It's really been more of like, it's actually been such a creative outlet for me because I have, I've never thought of myself as a creative person. Like I've always been more like book smart and I'm like, I'm not very creative, but I love to write and like, I kind of put that passion into my captions and I love it might be cocky. I don't know what it is, but I love being in pictures. Like I love taking pictures. I love going and taking pictures. It's so fun for me. And I've always loved, even when I was like in high school and I really didn't like my body, I still loved taking pictures. I was on MySpace. Like I loved MySpace and I've just been always into this little world. Oh my God. MySpace was amazing. So good. I loved MySpace. I got so good at MySpace. I was really good at like HTML and I had like the Whoa. best MySpace profile and I would have like the little click links. Like it was really good. I'm just kind of sad that I can't go and back and look at it because I was really happy yeah. with how it turned out. Does it like really not exist at all anymore? No, like it can- does. It does exist, but oh, it's mostly like a music platform, but it okay. doesn't like, I think your pictures are still there, but all my pretty HTML is I'm gone. a little bit terrified <laughs> to go look up at my, up at my page. It's going to be a picture of me like putting lip gloss I on in the mirror. See, like with that Everybody special MySpace that. angle with your digital little camera. No, mm. every. Everybody always had like a, it was very like a, an emotional photo that you were like looking into a mirror and I'm pretty sure mine was like looking into a mirror and applying lip gloss. I'm also pretty sure that I was like nine months pregnant taking those photos because like <laughs> that's how old I was when my space was going on. Yeah. Um, so days. crazy. So yeah, you're, you're a creator and you know what? You're a great model. Like you are a really, really great model. You have such a like such a knack for it, which I think is incredible because you are not a stereotypical model in the sense of what we've grown up to see, but you've kind of changed that a little bit because that now that's literally what you're doing. Like, part-time that's part of what you do and you're kind of like a little short I am I'm so short I'm 5'2 and we just did a photo shoot at the beach today and I was I'm there with my 5'2 self and then there's all these beautiful ladies and they are much taller than me like model tall and I'm like had to put you on the sand we're (laughs) like if this if the sand was sloping down towards the water we're like Chelsea go on the end that's taller (laughs) and then the poor thing so she's doing it She's standing in the sand, but she's just sinking into I'm it. And sinking, I was like, even, even when she tries to be taller, she's just sinking right back. To, I can't wait to see these pictures. I can't. Poor I, little thing. I saw some and I'm like, oh, oh this is just great. It's okay. It's so I own my sweet. short. It's fine. You own your short. But I think it's really good for people to see that because there was a lot of people of different heights. I was talking about this recently. I was we, I was talking, um, I reshared a post that somebody had about thin privilege and how sometimes it can make us 
feel like really defensive when we talk about thin privilege and stuff. And one person wrote me and she goes, you know, I'm thin, but I have a really bad, she goes, so I have a thin privilege there, but she goes, I still can't shop for things because I'm very, very tall and there's not a lot of clothes for tall women. And I still struggle for inclusivity with my height. And I was like, isn't that interesting? So even within, and I think that's always important to note, like just a side note to all of that, every single privilege that exists, there's always sub things. Like everyone's still going through stuff just because men have more gender privilege doesn't mean that they're not still going through sometimes gender biases. Just because that somebody is thin privilege doesn't mean that they don't sometimes have like skinny shaming happening. Just because somebody is, you know, um, white in color doesn't mean that they're not sometimes like experiencing racism. So I think that in every single privilege that there is, there are still these like secondary things that still happen. Of course, just like men still deal with body issues. We still have people who are always struggling in all these different range of spectrums. But yeah, like even for you, like being short doesn't, it's not necessarily like the easiest thing all the time. It hasn't always been widely accepted. So it's kind of, I kind of love, like just to wrap that thought up, I kind of <laughs> love that we're in this time an age where you're less like I've decided I'm a model and that's I'm showing up and I'm getting pictures of myself and there you don't have to be like 5'10 with a size zero waist and be under the age of 25 to like make it in this world anymore like we're demanding so much more yeah I think that well first of all I love that point you said weighed into about the privilege thing like so so important yes like sometimes preach it thoughts preach it but yeah no I think that's what is kind of amazing about social media now is like literally anyone anyone could just start showing up no matter how they look no matter what they do like no matter like where they're at they can start showing up and people like will resonate someone will resonate Honestly, I have to tell people this all the time. I'm like, if a mom of three who was staying at home with her kids didn't have like anything going on for her and was able to grow an entire business from nothing, like never went to school. I've never been a professional model. I've never been a professional anything, like nothing. Uh, Was like literally a single mom, like working as a server and working and got a part-time job during the day that I friggin' hustled my way up in. And on the sides was like just doing the social media thing. If I could do it with all of those circumstances, I always say it's like you can be, you can make an extraordinary life out of such an ordinary kind of story. And I understand that there's a lot of things that have happened to both of our lives that ha- kind of perpetuate the uh, perspective that perhaps we've been given now to be able to speak on certain things and be able to share knowledge and insight of those things. But it doesn't matter because everyone has a story. Every single person exactly. has a story. And whether it is like big or small, when I was like a kid, this is not even a joke, I used to go to Christian camp and people would like share their testimony. And I made one up because I was like, I don't, I don't, I literally just had such a good childhood that I felt like I had to make something up. Like I'm the girl who lied at Christian camp about her testimony. Like (laughs) if that's blasphemous, like that is the thing. I think I told people like I was drinking and I was like, I was like 14. I definitely never had had a drink in my life. And I was like, I'm just looking for love at the end of a bottle. Like so disrespectful to people who are actually dealing with that. But regardless, I felt like I wasn't special enough that I had to make up a story to be special. And when you come through that, 
that, I'm like, I first of all, I don't wish bad things on anybody. You shouldn't have to have trauma happen in your life in order to have like a special story or to have some no. sort of a transformation. You don't have to have some sort of like insane talent or amazing things just to be able to get noticed. Like you literally can have any sort of story and have the ability to share it and show up in it. And I think that's it's just the coolest thing ever. No, exactly. Like I, I'm kind of obsessed with the fact that that is a thing. And it's really cool. It's really, it's really cool. It's really cool. I also got to say like you're – how old were you when you had your daughter, did you say? 17. You were 17. So – you haven't really had a whole lot of opportunity to adult on your own. You've no. literally grown up yeah. with your kid. Yeah, and my husband. Like, and your we, husband. We've only been like legally married like three years, but we've, done, we've been together over 11. So Wow, yeah. that's incredible. How have, you, how have you found as a mom, and especially as a teen mom, because I think when it happens to you at a younger age, I was 21 when I had my first, but um, when it happens to you at a young age, it almost just becomes part of your identity. So as you kind of get older and you're starting to kind of channel who you are, it can be really hard to detach that part of you to start fighting for who you are. How did you kind of transition through kind of motherhood and at the same time being an advocate for yourself and for your health and for everything going on in life? Like where did that come from for you? It's been really weird and really hard. And I literally just wrote about this a couple days really? ago. Really? Oh yeah. gosh, I feel bad. I didn't even read it. No, it's just perfect time because it's been like really heavy weighing on me because so you always hear like love yourself first or like you need to find yourself and you need to go out and explore the world in your 20s and be on your own and stuff like that. And I was, I would always hear these things. I'm like, okay, well. I have a husband. I have a kid. I am not alone. I'm the furthest thing from alone. And I'm like, well, how? Don't even pee alone. How? Like, how can I find myself? So I've just been thinking about this lately. Like, do I have to take a trip to Bali for a month to like? I feel like find that was just myself. A move. That was just a move. <laughs> Julia Roberts made us think that we all needed to go to Bali. I haven't been to Bali yet. I know. I, and so it's just been interesting. We should go to Bali. But can we? Like, actually. Let's actually go to Bali. Like, we don't need Bali, but actually. But actually, let's go. <laughs> Part two podcast coming in Bali. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I when I posted about this, I got so much feedback and I heard so mm. many different perspectives. And I mean, ultimately, it comes down. I just really wanted to start a discussion on what people thought about it. And what it comes down to is, yeah, just like finding your way to like find that piece of alone time within all the chaos of not really ever being alone whether that's going on a walk for a half hour or like some if if you like to meditate or journal or just whatever it is if you just like find a little bit of time to like give to yourself every day and I I'm really good at that my my daughter is in school Mm -hmm. and when she's at school I work part-time and I do 12-hour shifts so I don't work like too many days and so I like make sure like I I get my gym in or I go to my kickboxing. I like I make sure I like get my self-care in. I make it a big priority. And then I've recently started to do more stuff like this, like independently coming on trips by myself, which as of like a year ago, I never went on a trip by myself. And it just really opened my eyes like, okay, I like can do this. Like I can be by myself and do these kind of things. And little stuff like that really helps a lot but it's it's hard to navigate and it I'm is. sure you could relate 
Uh, yeah. So I never, just back to like the travel thing, I never really went anywhere um, like without somebody else until I was in, maybe I was like 27, 28. So I had a friend who lived in Chicago and but she had to work during the day. So I would have to travel there by myself. I would have to spend the days by myself and then I would meet up with her. So it was kind of like this bridge in between solo travel and being with somebody. So I went down there and it also made it affordable. Like because I had somewhere to stay, the flight was like $300. Yeah. Like on a single income family with three kids, like you don't really have the opportunity to just take a $1,200 trip somewhere. So I remember my therapist really, really, really encouraging me to go do some things on my own. So I took that trip and I went and I remember just like walking the streets by myself, taking the L train by myself, like doing all of these things that felt so incredibly foreign. And I remember certain moments, like I was putting on my shoes and I was like, I don't remember the last time I put on shoes without telling three other people to put on their shoes. Like it was just like this weird independence of I'm putting on shoes and I'm leaving and I'm, and I don't have to figure out snacks in my bag and all of these tiny things that I didn't realize had built up inside of me as responsibilities and needs for other people that I could literally just listen to my own needs and be like, I'm hungry. I'm going to go find something to eat. I would love to have a cup of coffee. I feel like going this way and I don't have to convince anybody. I don't have to ask anybody. I was there for maybe four days. I literally went for a long weekend. And on the last day when I was like packing everything up, I was so ready to see my family. Like I was so excited to see them. But I sobbed and I sobbed and I sobbed because I thought, how did I never give myself this opportunity to be alone? Like, why did I just take so much of motherhood and just like it was almost like a falling onto a sword for it that I didn't even give myself the room and space to walk a street alone or go in a car alone or have all of these things that truly like I came home a different person because I was so fulfilled in self-care and that was like my first taste of it in a way that was like more than I was just saying on another podcast like even just like closing the door to go to the bathroom or and like teaching my kids being respectful to giving me that alone time or working out with headphones in and being like I'm stepping away from this for half an hour It, it changed me that day and it's something that I have now realize that I will fight for that girl. I will fight for myself until the end of time, no matter what it takes. And when I say fight for myself, it's not like my family's knocking on the door being like, but we want to be part of it too. It's like, no, no, no. They, uh, I think we all kind of collectively, my kids and I have understood that like, we're all better people when we have independent growth and then we come together and we share it. No, I think it's so important. And I think that this is a problem that a lot of moms have is they don't oh. know how to separate themselves. And and it's so important that to, to note that, you know, like they say, you have to put your oxygen mask on first on the airplane before you yep. put on, on the person next to you. Because if you can't properly take care of yourself, you literally can't keep taking care of those around you. You really can't. And it can be, it can be so frustrating, especially when you're in a season like now it is your job to take care of people. Like it is part of your job to like output that and then come home and be a mom and a wife. And like, it becomes all- part of your identity too. Yeah. Like some people, they're like, I'm a mom. And it's like, well, what else? Yeah, you who know? are you? Oh my gosh, Arielle just said that on the podcast I did with her. She said like the moment she realized that her mom had a name, like her mom wasn't just mom, her mom was a person. Whoa. And I was like, whoa, 
Like that is like something because it's so true. We kind of, and we love that identity. There's part of it that's like being a mom gives you like community, just like being in the fitness world gives you community. When you get married, suddenly get to go on like couples things. But like, that doesn't mean that you get to know who you are. And it also, I think because even when we're little, my neighbor always notes this, when we're little kids or we see kids playing and we'll see a boy and a girl like playing together and immediately people will say like, oh my gosh, look at them. I wonder if they'll date one day. We couple people and we put them in these storylines for their the rest of their lives. And it, and it's funny. I'm sure you've had this a couple of times too now that your daughter's getting a little bit older. How is she? She's 10 now? 10. When they start to get a little bit older and they start creating these narratives, my one daughter, she was like, she's adamant that she will never give birth. Like she's (laughs) adamant that she will never give birth. And she's such a nurturing soul. I'm like, Gemma, like how could you not want to give birth? She's like, you know what? I just don't. I've just decided I'm adopting. And it was weird because I was like, "I, I love adoption. But suddenly this narrative that I didn't even know was there from my child was suddenly like being challenged. And I was like, but I had in my head that you would like, I just saw pregnancy and I saw all these things and I was like, that's actually not. But then you realize it for yourself too, because your entire life, there's almost this narrative in every single story, in every single book where like you meet somebody, you partner with them, you have children, you get married, you have children, you find a career, you do those things. Like there's all these different success points that are, you think define people because when you're talking about a definition of who you are and growing into something, it looks so external. But yet, all of it, I feel like it, if I'm going to say what my story is, it's been 100% internal. Nothing that I've done on the outside do I feel is a success point for me anymore. But I really chased those for a long ass time. Yes. No, I completely relate to that. And it's funny because... I what you were saying about like community and like being like a mom yeah. is like part of your community and I if you go on my page you'll be like she's a mom because I I don't usually post pictures of I my daughter ask that. yeah I don't usually post pictures of my daughter like my husband will be on there maybe like twice and it's something that just kind of happened over time as my Instagram grew my husband's like very like more like socially awkward he doesn't like to be the face of it he doesn't like being in pictures and my daughter's more kind of like to herself and she doesn't really like to be in pictures very much yeah Yeah. and so like there they just don't really want to like be all over the internet which I totally respect because I'm choosing to put myself out there like that's up to me I'm I'm choosing Chelsea (laughs) and I'm choosing to put myself out there but they're not and I'm going to totally respect that and it's all like so individual and I think like moms and other like I feel like I'm not in the mom community because they can't relate to me and literally I have so many people like you have kids or like you have a kid like what like I wouldn't have well it doesn't help that I'm 28 but I look like I'm 12 like (laughs) people think I'm like 19 and I'm like no and then I have a 10 year old it's really awkward but it's weird because I feel like so like a part of that community in a sense. Well, of course, because your life and what you're going through relates back to that. I I kind of share a similar thing because um, when you have school age kids, of course they have consent. And I feel like a lot of social media as it's blown up over the last few years, I felt really it strangely left out from the mom community as well because my kids were school age and I was like, nobody's showing school age kids. Nobody's yeah. talking about them. Nobody's like promoting anything to do with them it's all about these cute 
like no offense to these things because I actually love when people do this but the cute little matching photos with like their kids mm-hmm. and everything everybody's like looking at the camera and I'm like if you look at our photos it's three children who are trying to ruin the photo and a mother who like didn't know that they were doing that so my kids very much like to like do that but I'm we're also in an age of consent like you said your daughter's really not feeling it my kids like sometimes they want to be a part of it and sometimes they really don't and so when people are like oh I I've literally been challenged that I um well I used to always be challenged that I posted too much of myself and not of my family as if I didn't care about them and I was narcissistic yeah no I totally you I totally get that because it looks like uh she's a mom and a wife or projecting that you're single yeah all of these different things and then on top of that um also having like this you clearly have a favorite child because they're the only ones in your posts I'm like but nobody nobody stopped to consider that maybe the other ones just didn't want to yeah and that they've come into an age of wanting that privacy and stuff too now now they're kind of like hitting their stride with it honestly my son got recognized in the mall once and now it's gone <laughs> to his head um they kind of hit hit their stride with it where they're like we really like they have fun with it and I think it's funny. And I think because like my oldest is now on social media, she kind of feels like more of a participant in it as opposed to somebody who is like an accessory. Um, but it's so interesting because, yeah, like even now, it's funny how in the last few years, I'll, because of my stretch marks, I got really amplified in the postpartum community. Yeah. I'm like so weird because I'm like nine years postpartum. Like I'm super far out of it, but I'm also still in that too. Like I'm still in the body acceptance stage. But then I also was like, but we have to work on stretch marks being more than postpartum. Yes. We have to work on like weight issues and stuff like that being more than just like a fitness journey. We need to talk about things on like an emotional level. We have to talk about so many of these different things. And like when I, t- when I talk about my my stretch marks in terms of like it connecting with postpartum like of course it does because like that's what normally it comes out of but there are so many women who have never had a child who are struggling with stretch marks there are so many women who are struggling with all these different things so sometimes it's actually better that they are able to connect with somebody who maybe isn't putting that baby front and center saying this is the reason my body looks like this and this is the reason I can honor it because they're like I don't have a kid to show for it and I've got stretch marks all over my body so what about me so I think it's I actually find it really encouraging that I get to watch you kind of grow and talk about your body and this space and and everything without it having to be that you're also like a family person too because you are your own person that is like a part of your life but still we don't all need to see all of that just to accept you I think that's like a really good point and that's something too like I I do it for me and mm-hmm. I do it for my community but it it does show that like you you are your own person like without your kids, without your husband, without whoever, like you are your own person and you're allowed to live your own life and live it for you while still catering to those around you. Now, taking pictures and stuff, you said that you've always liked it, but how is it, have you found it's actually helped you with your confidence? Yeah, I think so because you just get, it's like a habit. You just like get used to it. And I used to be a lot more critical over like, ooh, I don't like that role or ooh, I don't I don't like how that looks, like delete but now I'm just kind of like, you know, our bodies are our bodies. We all look different from different angles. And it's just, you know, seeing myself at different angles and like just taking more pictures and just kind of like becoming normal and just like, it's okay. Like it's okay. And just seeing it over and over and it just, it does help. It helps a lot. Yeah. It's one thing that I've really noticed helped too, because I think when we 
this is like such a weird thing, but do you ever like sit down on the toilet and you look at your stomach and you're just like, wow, what must this look Mm -hmm. like? So I remember I actually like took a selfie on the toilet to see what my body actually looked like, like externally from that. And I was like, wow, what I put into my head was like something completely different. Like I felt like I looked like Jabba the Hutt or like a melted ice cream cone. Like that's all I could think about is what I looked like. And when I like took the picture, I was like, you know what? I just literally look like somebody staying on the toilet. That's so dumb. But it's seeing my body. And I tell people this all the time. When you, what you think you look like, it doesn't actually, um, well, two different parts of it. Sometimes I think what we think we look like isn't actually reality. And second to that, sometimes we're so scared to have our picture taken mm-hmm. because we we feel so happy in the moment and then we see the picture and it like devastates us. That's actually how my whole weight loss story started was seeing a bad picture of me yeah. on Facebook and it like devastated me. But what makes me sad about that was because the image became my narrative, not what was actually going on inside of me, Mm -hmm. which in that moment, I was actually really happy. I was having a great time at a baby shower. And the photo was just me sitting there measuring a pregnant mom's belly. And somehow this became the catalyst for me to hate my body to lose weight. But somehow over the years, I've been able to flip that. And I always really have wanted to repeat the fact that like, showing up and taking pictures and showing up and having like that moment of even if you take the selfie when you're feeling yourself friggin take the selfie when you're feeling yourself because those things are moments where you're like literally truly honoring your outside or you're just like not giving weight to the doubt yeah no I completely agree and it's it's so crazy how I I did this workshop one time where I was trying to help people feel more comfortable in front of the camera and like Oh, you'd be great for it that. It was so fun. Like, I want to do it way more. It was really fun. And it, I just kind of asked them, I was like, okay, like, so what are your initial insecurities? Like, what do you not necessarily like when you look in a picture? And it's just crazy because they'll say things that I'll have no idea by looking at them that they would ever be insecure about it. Oh, and, and are you someone... Perhaps, though, too, I think it's because of a lot of the body editing ads. Like, we had such an... It's so accessible. You can literally be like, ooh, I really, I thought that I looked a little bit differently on that. I thought that my waist looks a little bit more cinched and now I don't really feel like it looks like that. Like, I'll just fix that. I'll just, I'll just make it. I'll just make it look, my my butt looks flat. I'm just going to fix that a little bit. And getting out of that and having to own what your body truly is in its form and honoring it can be tricky. But did you ever struggle with that? So I'm the opposite. Like I, I never used a body editing app ever and so I was one of those people that I was so ignorant I was like people are changing the way their bodies look like I was shocked because I just compared myself to all these people on Instagram and I was like I wish I could look like them I wish I could look like them and like since I didn't do that to my own photos I had no idea that other people were doing it and so it's just so crazy now to realize how common it is and I think there are a lot of people that don't have any idea like how easy it is to like cinch your waist and like get rid of like your back fat and do this and that and it's it's really crazy you can literally like copy and paste abs on yourself now but I think what's (laughs) so funny to think of I should do that sometimes yeah let's do that we'll we'll use one of the pictures of today and we'll just photoshop abs on both of us (laughs) come to find out what we're talking about but no it's funny because um I don't know what I was going to say. Yeah, like I feel like a lot of the times like when I did that in the past, now I don't even know what was my true self back then. And when we think about like comparative nature and stuff, like it it does, it skews your thinking. It causes you to look at the mirror and see yourself in a way that you 
aren't or like that you think that you ought to be it it strips you from the opportunity to kind of love your body or accept your body but more than that I'm really over the shaming of it like and I used Mm -hmm. to do it too where I'd be like oh she totally facetuned her body you know what we honestly have to shut down that conversation because this is not a space we're we're so much better than shaking shame sticks at other women for what they're doing in their insecurities because People are dealing with stuff. There is like pain going on. I don't believe that people face tune and change their bodies because like they're in a place of like self-love at no, all. They're clearly no. struggling and it can be really hard when you see somebody and people like, I actually got accused of it really recently. And I was like, oh, that's, that's like actually, it was actually offensive. It was, yeah. it was hurtful and it was offensive. But more than that, I was like, it just, it just took away from like the entire point of everything. And I think that even if you know somebody is doing it, don't, try and judge them like just recognize that they maybe need a like they just need to like they're in that stage of their journey because I was there once too like I was there I went through it like I know how hard it was to kind of be in this like self-perfecting phase same way when people are like you can tell they're like gripped by diet culture Mm mm-hmm It can be really hard to sit by and watch and hear and listen to. But at the same time, like I used to be there. So I don't judge that. I'm here to be like, just there's another side of it. There's a whole other life after obsessive counting of calories. And there's after obsessive working out. And it's even weird now. Like I used to have, and I'm not sure if you had this too, but if you ever missed a workout, the panic that it would ensue. Oh yeah. Like even if I was like sick with a cold, I'd be like, Ooh, I'm, I'm, this is done. I had to like, there's so many steps I've had to take. Like I've had to ditch the scale completely. I've had to just like take so many, I've had to delete all the calorie counting apps. I was tracking macros and I had eaten all my food for the day and I started to feel like I was getting sick and I, I wanted to take an emergency, but I'm like, that has five grams of carbs in it. And I was like, I can't do it. I literally oh, wouldn't. like the vitamin yeah, C packs. Yeah, I literally wouldn't take it because I was going to go over my carbs for the day with the five grams of carbs in the emergency. Oh it's my like gosh. It's like crazy. But yeah, no, I totally get the having to get rid of the scale. I thought I was, I thought I got strong and I thought I could handle not being on the scale, but I weighed myself like a week or two ago and I was like. It affects you. Not great. Like I just like, it's, it's, it's still like it, it's, it's so weird because like I know, like what I would tell anyone else is like, the weight on the scale does not define you. It doesn't say anything like BMI is complete bullshit. Like anything I would tell others, like it, like it's sometimes it's hard to say it to yourself and to actually realize it as truth. Yes. It's like, Oh, it could still, it's crazy how much it could affect your emotions. Like you could step on the scale in the morning and it will make or break your whole day. Well, and that's kind of the thing that I found was bad because if you, in your weight loss journey, of course, there's a lot of people who are going through that season where like they need something to kind of motivate them yes, as they're going. Yes. However, and this is the part that I often say people don't talk about is when you're exiting that season. So you're suddenly no longer losing weight. Do you have any idea what that feels like when you step on the scale and it's not going down anymore? Mm. Now you stopped getting that feeling of you're doing great, honey. Like get back out there today. Like you're doing all the things like you've lost your success points. And now you might actually see it go up and then that starts to affect your mood in the other way. So even if going on the scale has given you happiness feelings, 
what happens when stepping on the scale and it starts moving? Are we still going to be happy with ourselves for that day? So the moment I ditched the scale was, it was quite a bit after my weight loss. I still weighed myself probably every day, whether or not I'd like to admit that. I still was because it was like this, I needed a safety net of like, I'm still okay. I'm still okay. I'm still okay. And I was in the middle of moving and I had moved into the new house and my husband had his scale. I had my scale from my house. And so we had two scales, but mine wasn't unpacked yet. So I had weighed myself at his house and I was five pounds up and it really affected me. And I, and I started being like, I gotta, I gotta stop this. I need to like, I need to redownload the apps. I need to like really get in charge. Like I'm not going to let myself slip, like quote unquote, like all of these really bad, like fat phobic thoughts and fears started to like flood my mind because of this five pound thing. I was not wanting to be in pictures. I didn't want to post stuff. I felt really self-conscious about my body. I noticed it in the way I was intimate with my husband. Like I was doing all of these things that was like making me, it it changed me. It literally changed me. And then I unpacked my scale and I stepped on it and I realized, oh gosh, these these scales just have a five pound oh difference. My God. And all of a sudden I felt so good about myself and I was so confident that mm, day and I was so this mm-hmm. and I was so that and I was killing it at life. And I thought, I'm so done. I'm breaking up with it. I'm so done with it. Giving me the power or taking it away based on what this number says. But it takes a breaking of a habit. So I actually had it. Initially, I was like, I got rid of the scale. But truthfully, I've never even shared this. I put it in my closet, but I would sneak it out and I'd be really quiet about it so no one could hear. And I'd sneak it out and I'd weigh myself and it continued to eat at me Yeah, over and over and over when finally it lost its power, like the battery died. And I thought to myself, that is like the most powerful thing that's ever happened to me I was, was just when that say, scale whoa. lost its power and it lost its power over me. And I haven't weighed myself since then. And I, even at the doctor, I will ask to face away from the scale. Like I... And it's so funny because I'm like, I actually have no idea what I weigh. I can tell you straight up right now, I still struggle some days with my body. I still struggle seeing my body not being as thin as it was. I still struggle with my body and the way that the curves have presented themselves on me. I still struggle when I'm extremely bloated, feeling like my clothes are really tight. I still struggle with all of those things, but I can tell you full stop, I've never felt better. Yeah. And it's it's such a mixed message like how could you be at a bigger size and actually feel better about yourself well that's the thing is like I can't tell you the amount of days I woke up feeling so good I was like I've been like taking care of myself like not even like oh I'm trying to lose weight it's more like I've been eating right I've been eat or like I've been eating in a way that feels good I've Uh been moving my body in a way that feels good like hey I feel good and then I'm like I wonder what I weigh and I go from feeling great feeling like I'm in a really good place, stepping on that scale, seeing a number I do not want to see. And that good mood just like plummets. Yeah. I don't feel good anymore. I felt like shit. I felt like, wow, what's wrong with me? And why am I, why am I trying? Like, why am I doing the things? Why am I doing all these things? Why am I taking care of myself? Yeah. If that's all that's going to happen as a result. Yeah. Yeah, it can be really it can be a really difficult conversation when you come face to face with the fact that uh, realistically, I only ever got thin because I hated myself enough to make myself thin. Yeah. 
And now I have to love myself enough to release myself from that. And that that is a that's a hard pill. Like imagine trying to sell that on the package. Ooh, it's, like it's not gain easy. weight and find find happiness. Everyone's like, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's really it's a, hard. It's a hard thing. It's still to hard sell. for me to like, you know, e- gaining weight isn't easy. Gaining weight easy. is so hard. And like I know it's like intuitive eating like eat with freedom like eat whatever you want like do whatever you want you're gonna feel great it's gonna be great but like it's really fucking hard yeah like it is like a journey and a process and you have to go through so much emotional baggage to like get to a place where you accept all of it and you could actually be okay and that doesn't mean you're not going to have bad days that doesn't mean you're gonna Mm -hmm. not going to have a day where you wake up and you don't like how your clothes fit like there are good days and bad days but knowing that it's a journey and a process and that ultimately you're doing this because you love yourself or even not even like you don't even have to fully love yourself but you just have to like have that little thread of like I'm doing this for me because this is what's truly good for me like it's going from there I love the sentence that your body is not an ornament it's an instrument and if we remind ourselves that we are on this earth not as like ornaments to display for each other but actually as instruments and and our bodies are like the instrument that is going to move us through the streets they're going to be the instrument that that hugs people that holds the hand of children it's going to be the instrument that like brings us happiness and joy and travels and memories and these things and when your motivation comes from how do I nourish this instrument instead of how do I make myself look more of an ornament I think that's where everything kind of changes and I don't know about you but today on the beach I was saying this in the other podcast as well but I looked around and I realized I didn't have a single thought about my body that whole time I was just surrounded in this moment and these memories with these other women and I didn't even notice that people were looking I didn't even notice yeah. you know the different bodies on the beach that were those ones that I used to feel that I had to cover myself up because of because I didn't look enough like them and I think that's where we need to kind of talk about why it's so important to follow people like you and I know you're too humble to say it but you are changing the way that people are seeing themselves and experiencing um, joy in their bodies or even neutral thinking with their bodies because even you've been one of like the key people for me but also because you're such an active player in encouraging women like there you are one of those people that I'm like I don't think it's said enough how great you are at just encouraging other women you always comment on people's things with such beautiful encouraging messages and and I think it's so important that when I when I talk about being on the beach and not feeling those comparative things to take note of the fact that that's because of people like you that's because I followed the right kind of people that started to influence the way that I think like you're an influencer quote unquote as like your job while also being a nurse and a mom and all of these other things but you are an influencer of our thoughts and you're an influencer of like our core systems of like what we think of ourselves in in a much grander scale so I don't know I've been it's honestly such a joy to kind of sit here with you. It's weird today. We were like doing our hair together and I looked at Chelsea and I said, is it weird that this doesn't feel weird? <laughs> and you go, yeah, but no. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. You've just have been such a supporter of me and I've been such a, I've been such a cheerleader of yours over the years. And it's honestly such an honor to, to sit here and have this, have this work out. This has been so cool. So 
Let everybody know where they can find you. If you have anything exciting on the horizon that you want to little, just like give yourself some little promotion time right now. Yeah. Well, I just have to say, first of all, like, I feel equally or even more so the same about you. Like, you are such an inspiration to me and you are near and dear to my heart. Like, I I love you. Thank you. you I love you too. Sorry. I do that. (laughs) It's okay. I know we cry a lot on this one, so (laughs) it's okay. But you can find me on Instagram at Choosing Chelsea. I have a website. It's I am choosing Chelsea.com because choosing Chelsea.com was taken, which is just like, I'm still a little bitter about that. I'm not on Twitter because they don't have a choosing Chelsea. Someone what? took that. Someone took it. Uh, the same girl that took the choosing Chelsea.com. Like can someone, she doesn't even use it. Anyway, you can fight that. You can get by back to the domain. We'll talk about that after. We'll do that later. But, uh, I think me and my friend are actually working on our own podcast. Oh my gosh. But like, Good, cause you're so great at talking. I, I love talking. It's so me fun. Too. Talking to me could talk forever. I know. I was like, I don't know how we're gonna wrap this up because we could just go all night long (laughs) but yes but sarah more than anyone knows a podcast is a freaking like job in and of itself it is a very long process i don't know when or anything but keep an eye on for that i'm very excited i'm very excited for you you know what as much as it is a lot of work i will say this it's such a growing medium and it's such a great time to connect and hear people's stories in a much more real and raw way i have actually loved doing this as much as it's been like a layer on my life it has been so cool to put down my phone and get out of square spaces and come into like real conversations even in hotel room beds no i love it i live off of it and i think I think the world needs more of it. We so. need some connections. So yeah. anyways, yeah, check her out. Find her on Choosing Chelsea. She's Chelsea with an S-E-A, yeah, by like the way. The, like the sea, like, like the, the ocean. Yeah. So you'll find her. Um, and she's going to be somebody who's going to really just amp up your, your self-love journey. So check her out and uh, we'll see you next week. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.